In celebration of the 100 years of the Honolulu Board of Realtors, this podcast focuses on connecting, empowering, and engaging the HBR community of real estate professionals by intertwining and showcasing the good work that has taken place in these 10 decades. In the core areas of real estate industry, community, and the Honolulu Board of Realtors. Today, I have the privilege of sitting across Abe Lee, principal broker of Century 21 iProperties Hawaii. He's been a licensed real estate agent since 1973, 42 years with HPR. He joined the board in January 1980. Of those 40 years of membership, there's also been two years of volunteer service with HPR, HAR, and NAR. Volunteer involvement has been nominating committee 2008-2009-2010, board of director for three-year term 2003-2008, to audit committee 2003. He mentors 127 agents at his firm and funded Abe Lee seminars in 1980 a real estate school for continuing education and pre-licensing courses. There is so much that you have done, and I've tried to capture it in just a few highlights. Welcome, Abe Lee. It's been an honor, a pleasure speaking to you offline, and I'm just eager to find out about everything. And I would like to start with your background. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's an honor to be here and to be considered one of the old guys (laughs) at the board. (laughs) And I guess that's the reason I'm here, okay? But um, yeah, I've been uh, licensed for a long time and had a lot of different uh, background in brokerage, development, teaching, uh, project sales, you name it. I pretty much have done almost everything in real estate. I started off uh, back in 1956. I came to Hawaii when I was eight years old. So those of you that are doing the math, I'm 74 years old, okay? <laughs> so I must get that out of the way. And I uh, went to Lunalilo Elementary School where I spoke no English. My father was a professor at the University of Hawaii teaching accounting. And he said, when you go to Lunalilo and pe- your students' friends ask you questions, just say, I don't know. So that was wow. my first three English words I knew <laughs> at Lunalilo. Then I went to, I was going to go to Washington Intermediate, except my father said, you're taking a test and you're going to go to this place called University High School. I had no idea where the heck it was. <laughs> so I took the test, I guess I passed, and then I was there till 66 and graduated. Then went to University of Hawaii for a little while, went to Korea for two and a half years, and then came back, graduated from University of Hawaii with a degree in Asian studies, which had nothing to do with real estate. So people ask, well, how the heck did you get into real estate? Uh, Because going to get a degree in Asian studies was the fastest way to graduate from college. So (laughs) I said, what the heck, just finish college. Because my brother and sister finished. And of course, you know how Asian parents are, professor and a teacher, and you gotta get your degree. So I did. So I um, started, I knew I was gonna go into business somewhere. So I, in college, I started to um, do auto detailing. This is back in the 1960s now, okay? So I was doing auto detailing, and I'd put um, notices in the mailboxes of people in Kahala and say, hey, I'll pick up your car, wash and wax in Kamiki, and bring it back. And I was charging about 25 bucks back then, which was big money. And then one day, the post office calls me and says, hey, uh, is this Abe Lee? I go, yeah. And they said, you're breaking the law. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you can't put stuff in the mailbox without a stamp on it. 
So there went my career in auto detailing. <laughs> so I went then and bought fire extinguishers, and I went door-to-door in Kahala, same area, because I figured, hey, expensive homes, they got to protect their house, right? right? So I started to sell fire extinguishers, and I bought wholesale and sold retail. Then one day, a guy calls me up and says, hey, you sold my wife three fire extinguishers. She said I should hire you. So I said, who are you? <laughs> I didn't know. She says, well, I run an insurance agency, and I want to meet with you. So I did, and he asked me what I was going to do. I said, well, I'm going to work for IBM or Xerox or wear a white shirt and tie and you know, be part of corporate America. He says, well, have you ever thought about insurance? I said, no, I don't even know what the heck insurance does. So he convinced me that I should look at it, and I finally ended up at Connecticut Mutual Life Insurance, which is one of the top three insurance companies. So they had a draw back then. So you sold, they gave you $1,000 a month, and as long as you sold enough, then they hire keep you, or else you have to pay them back. Well, in three months, I sold a year's worth of insurance. So I was pretty good. <clears throat> and I told my agent, I said, hey, I'm, qu- I'm gonna take off for a few months and get my real estate license. He goes, you can't do that. I said, why? I am out nine months ahead of schedule. He says, well, we can't do that. I said, well, some of our agents, uh, managers have licenses. Go, oh, they're grandfathered. I go, okay, so <laughs> when do I turn in my two-week resignation then? <laughs> and I did. I resigned. Wow. Yeah, because I thought I was a free agent. Yeah. So I hooked up with a lady named Liz Baker. Now, if any of you know who Liz Baker is, you're really old. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was 24, 25 years old, and Liz was in her 60s. She put young girls to shame because she had high heels that were higher than the highest heels you could ever see in a young girl. And she had eyelashes that were black and gold. Wow. And she fluttered her <laughs> eyelashes, she'd fly. <laughs> so, wonderful lady, just a character. Her husband developed real estate and he did the pavilion and the Jason and the canal house. Now, these are old, old buildings. So, she sold what he developed. And uh, so I went around and said, hey, we're doing a project. Are you interested? Know anybody? And I had eight buyers. They're all owner-occupants. So they gave first preference to owner-occupants. And so they're going around in a circle, and I was picking up every one of them, and the old ladies would go, stop already. (laughs) I only have investors. (laughs) So I was a top salesman for that project, Canal House. So that's what got me started in real estate brokerage. I got to tell you, you know, I don't even want to interrupt you. You're like an encyclopedia of all this information. <laughs> I just want to soak it all in. I do want to know, who was your real estate mentor? Was it Liz Baker when you started the industry? And what was the most important thing that person taught you? Liz Baker would have to be one of them because I learned how to sell project sales. Of course, you know I knew how to knock on doors because right. I sold eight, uh, three months worth of insurance. I'm sorry, a year's worth of insurance in three months. And no one could teach me that. I just had to do it. But yeah, Liz was very good. She was very understanding and just a real interesting lady. Then uh, I worked for a fellow named Bob Allen, who did Executive Center, Century Center, Century Square. And he didn't, quote, teach me, but I watched him. And I said, I want to be like Bob. Because he was on a penthouse of the 40th floor, or 41st floor at Century Center, corner of Kalakaua and um, Kapilani. And I go up to his office, here he is in bare feet, nice velour shirts that were like 50 bucks back then, and he had a gorgeous secretary. <laughs> I said, I want to have a view like this. I want to be like him. And I want to be like him. <laughs> well, of course, Bob did $80 million projects. I couldn't do that. 
So instead, I took excitement in doing two unit projects in Kamiki for $150,000, $200,000. So that's how I got started in real estate development. And I've always enjoyed development because it's creating new product. And then of course, I taught eventually, and I started teaching school in 1980. I also heard when you started talking about some of the price points, Mm. and for me it was like 200 what? (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me about how it's been for you to see. One thing is to talk about inflation. Another thing is to see it throughout Mm -hmm. the years. How has that been for you? How what have you what have you thought about how that's impacted Hawaii on all fronts? Well, you know, it's all relative. Because when I was working, uh, I was a dollar and a quarter an hour. Okay, gas wow. was twenty five cents. Yes, hamburger was ten cents. So you know, now the minimum salary is wages are about fifteen, sixteen bucks. So it's gone up a lot. But yeah, it's been hard because the price of homes goes up faster than the rate of inflation. So people have had to work a lot of hours, two jobs, three jobs, to be able to afford a house in Hawaii. Yes. Something different from the mainland. Yes. So I understand that. And I have clients that, you know, work two or three jobs, don't see their kids, and their kids are latchkey home kids because they just, you know, don't see their parents. But that's what you got to do in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's funny because sometimes when you sit on, in a buyer's consultation, and you'll understand this better than me, you try to convey the message that inflation is real and it's here and it's mm-hmm. here to stay. And I could imagine it would, and I'm going to throw myself out here, I could imagine it would be a lot easier for you to convey that message than me because it's like I've been here, I've seen it, it's happening, yeah. and it's going to continue to happen. That leads me to the next question. What is your most meaningful memory of the time as an HBR member? Uh, I think there are several things that you know come to mind. One is, of course, you get to meet a lot of great realtors. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and some of the nicest people you'll ever meet are at the board. Yeah, so I've made some really good friends with people that have been in real estate for 40, 50 years like me. And uh, so that's been good. The other is, of course, the advent of technology and the MLS. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. We did, and it's fascinating. <clears throat> yeah, because remember back in the day, we had those fat books that we got <laughs> once every two weeks. <laughs> and I remember going by an office one day, a big company, and they had like 200 books stacked up wow. on a corner. And every realtor was supposed to pick it up. And then when you open the pages, the black ink didn't dry, so your hands were all black. I can't imagine. And then <clears throat> you're supposed to be, you, I made copies for clients, right? On a Xerox, okay? And the pictures came out black and white because it was black. I yeah. mean, you couldn't even see the darn pictures. <laughs> and so it, that was really interesting. And now, of course, with computers, you go, what books? Right. <laughs> what MLS books are you talking yeah. about? I, I, <clears throat> the previous podcast, we talked about maps and I said, there was no GPS. Like yeah. I couldn't oh, yeah, imagine, yeah. right? <laughs> I felt like it was foreign. <clears throat> but just hearing you talk about it also, it really gives me a great appreciation of how far this industry has come mm-hmm. and all of the advancement that has right. been all the hard work, all the foundation that people like yourself have put in for people like me to then enjoy, <laughs> right? Um, because it didn't happen overnight. 
uh, who has been the realtor that's influenced you? Now, it doesn't have to be someone, right, yeah. that, that's older. It could be someone that's young like myself. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, there are a few. Uh, I've known a lot of great realtors that I've worked with. They're really helpful and they're very cooperative. And uh, our transactions were wonderful, you know, no drama. And those are the ones that I remember a lot. And they're still in business, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I mean, when you mentioned the old timers, they're really, really smart and they're very experienced. And those are the ones that I really look up to. And I talk to them and say, hey, can you help me with this? I still call realtors friends and say, hey, what happens in this situation? They'll call me, but I'll call them. Yes. So we still have a, a relationship that we can trust each other and talk to each other. And, and hopefully we'll get good, solid information that's correct. Because there's a lot of information that's not correct. That's beautiful. <laughs> but yeah. That's beautiful that you guys have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as HBR, um, how can how can you describe being a part of HPR? How how that's enabled you to find success as a realtor in your business over the years? Well, without a question, if you're in general brokerage and you're doing residential, you can really cannot survive without the MLS. Agreed. Multiple listing service is it. Yes. And we use that all the time, and I use it all the time. And I show my clients on the computer now on the big screen. These are the properties that are for sale. And these are in escrow, these are active, these are EN, or they're sold, withdrawn, or whatever. So that really helps a lot. Yeah. And so to me, that's one of the biggest pluses to be a member of the board, besides the fact that you meet a lot of great people. And also you have the political action committee, yes. you know, the city affairs committee, which I sat on for a while. And they really do a lot of work with the city council, just like HAR does with the uh, legislature. So I appreciate those kinds of efforts. And the staff that has been at HPR have been wonderful people. Yes. Now, a lot of them have retired, I just found out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but hey, that goes with the times. But yeah, so the, to me, it's the MLS, it's the HPR, the political groups, uh, just talking to other realtors and sharing information. And of course, the GMMs, uh, their education seminars are wonderful. Absolutely. I totally agree. What's your favorite thing about mentoring and educating agents and first-time homebuyers? Well, with homebuyers, I send them through a series of processes. I get them to go to a, a Hawaii Home Ownership Center, and we teach them about first-time homeownership and what they need to do get, to get prepared to be a homeowner. Then I sit them down, I meet with them physically. Uh, with COVID, of course, it was Zoom or whatever, but... Now I have them come in the office. I sit down with them and say, tell me what your goals are. What would you like to be? What's your price like? Uh, you know, have you been pre-qualified for a loan? All those things. So we gotta go through the process. I'm a firm believer that you have to be face-to-face, person-to-person. And even though some of the techies and millennials go, oh, you can do it with you know, text and email and stuff. Uh, there's a fellow named Larry Kendall out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And he teaches a system called the Ninja Selling System. I'm a devout devotee of that system. And he says, real estate is a contact sport. You have to be face-to-face. -face. Yes. And you should eat with them, break bread with them, and sit down with them and see what they want. What do they need? Yes. And so I'm a, a firm believer that you got to do those things. And there's a process that goes through with that. So I try to teach the agents not just the technical stuff, 
but also the human relationship side. It's beautiful. You know, ever since I met you, I knew about you before coming in here, obviously, because you're an icon in the industry. But ever since I met you today, I noticed that you never stopped teaching. From the moment I met you, you were teaching. <laughs> and I think that's beautiful. I'm going to um, send you a bill, by the way. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you haven't taught it. <laughs> um, and that leads me to this question. What is your favorite educational course to teach and why? I've written about 30 courses. Wow. CE classes. Anything from zoning, CPRs, uh, permits, wills and trusts, and you know other things, uh, law and ethics, core A and core B, I've taught for decades. So I really enjoy teaching students about how they should conduct themselves in this business. That's one. The other that I really love is pre-licensing, because I'll take a raw student, like Nick here, <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> and I'll teach them, and we'll go through the 25 chapters, and we'll go through every chapter, and I teach them about the ethics as well as the law. And that's, I think, very important. Yes, it is. So a lot of my students will come back to me and say, you know, thank you for teaching me about being honest and being ethical. Just as much as I really appreciated the four tenancies that you taught about. Several T, joint tenancy, tenants in common, <laughs> tenancy by entirety, all that stuff. So I love taking a brand new student who's a blank sheet of paper and try to teach them something that's going to help them with their lifelong goals. And I have some students of mine that were still friends to this day and wonderful students and friends. In fact, one of them picked up my tab at Morton's the other day when my wife and I had an anniversary dinner, and she happened to be there. So when I, you know, it was time to pay the bill, I told the waiter, hey, can you give me my bill? And she goes, oh, no, that person over there already paid for it. Oh, wow. And so I went up to her, and I said, thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. And she said, well, that's the least I can do to pay you back for what you taught me in real estate. And she's a very successful agent to this day. Wow. One of my favorites. Well, congratulations on your anniversary. Well, thank you. <laughs> that is beautiful because you poured into her and now she feels the need to just give back in gratitude. And that's, I think that's the biggest paycheck. Yeah, you know, There's no dollar sign that you can put in front of that. Right. If you wanted or if you could, right, give us, since we're in this teaching mode, mm -hmm. um, advice to the new agents, mm -hmm. the seasoned agents, the ones that are here for the long haul, what is one piece of advice that you think is vital to us all? Okay. Um, again, in the ninja selling system, and I quote Larry Kendall a lot, he's a good friend of mine. He says, there's three things that you have to have in real estate, or actually in any business. Okay, okay. One is mindset. You have to be a proactive, positive player, and not someone that's a victim. Okay. So that's one. So your mindset has to be positive. Second, you have to have skill set. And that means you gotta know what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> I called the realtor the other day. I said, hey, can you tell me about this property? I said, can you rebuild the home? And he said, yeah, I think you can. And I told him, uh, I hate to give you bad news, but I don't think you can. <laughs> there are three homes on the property. You can build one back with an ADU, but the third one, I don't believe you can. I said, hope you don't mind me telling you this because I think you need to know this. And he said, thank you so much. So that's the skill set. You have to know this stuff. And some agents don't know this stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. 
And then the third is you have to go into action and do it. And I think you have to do it nicely with good moral values and ethics and not try to cheat someone or deceive someone just for the commission. Yes. So those are the three things that I teach my students and agents all the time. Mindset, skill set, set, and actions. I love it. If you could, if we did a little reverse here, if you could travel back in time and see Abe Lee when he first started, Mm. what piece of advice or what, what would you do different? What would you tell Abe Lee back then? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Am I taking you so far you have back? another five hours? <laughs> <laughs> you should actually talk to my wife. She'd tell you what I should not have done. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in life, you make mistakes along the way, and you just rebound from it. And you can't help it. Sometimes you make really silly mistakes. You make some fatal mistakes, and you just got to jump up and start all over again. And that's what I've learned is you, lo- you lose a lot, you gain a lot. And I tell my students in class, I say, you're looking at an ex-millionaire. And they'll look at me and go, what are you talking about? And I say, I lost, I made millions, I've lost millions. But that's part of being a developer in real estate. Now, maybe in real estate, not so much, but in development, you take that risk. Yeah. And so I've learned how to rebound and not give up. So I've been very fortunate and blessed that real estate has given me that opportunity to do well and also to lose and to be humbled by all of it. Yeah, I love that rebound and never give up. I love that. I wanna keep you a little longer, so just bear with me. What are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the business of practicing real estate over time? Now we did talk about the MLS books, Mm -hmm. we talked about the GPS. What do you think has been the most impactful change in the industry? What's interesting is the technology obviously is it. You know, I mean, back then we had the MLS and that was it. <laughs> and we didn't have all these search engines and all this other stuff. Yeah. So technology without a question has changed the way we do business. Now I'm not really good at it, but I can keep up with some of that stuff. Uh, the other is still has not changed is human relationships. No matter what you do, I don't care what business you're in, you still have to treat people fairly and honestly and ethically. So that has not changed. Yes, absolutely. Okay, this is my last question, I promise. What is one change you'd like to see happen that would benefit the home buying selling process? Oh boy. (laughs) We talked about, you know what, we talked offline about the two page contract, which I would have loved to be part of. (laughs) Well, really, Um, there's not much you can change because it just moves with the times. I love that. Um, And if I could, I'd change the government. Uh, I mean, you look at just even Honolulu, you know, you had the vacation rental uh, business get shut down. Now they go to 90 days. Now what's next, you know? Yeah. And I'm not going to say whether I'm pro or anti, but the Board of Realtors has taken a position, which I support. Yeah. But I'm not running for office, by the way. (laughs) That was going to be my next question. (laughs) I'm too old. Um, But, you know, uh, it's, we just have to learn to move with the times. And even though I'm 74 years old, uh, my school has changed. It's morphed. Because when COVID came, I could have said, we're shutting down. But we moved to online webinars, live webinars, and independent study. Without technology, we couldn't have done that. 
Yes. So we've survived. Same thing with the school, I mean, with the sales. We didn't do open houses. We just couldn't. But we still could show it virtually. virtually. Yes. And then we could finally do a walkthrough with the masks on, you know, washing our hands. But, yeah, you just got to roll with the punches. And yeah. those that adapt, adapt will succeed. And those that don't adapt may have a hard time. Absolutely. I got to say, this has been for me, I'm so privileged to be here. You know, your energy, your positivity, your teachings, just knowing that you've you've literally ran through the punches throughout all these years, all the changes, you know, to be here in this room and to continue to do everything that you're doing is just a testament that everything's possible. And sometimes it's very easy to be negative in this business when you don't think, see things are happening mm-hmm. as fast as we would like for them to happen. Right. And looking at you here and having the opportunity to speak with you today it sort of fuels you, you know, <laughs> you. for lack of a better word, to say, my God, he's done so much. You know, and HBR has provided this wonderful platform for us to see everything, just at a glance, because we don't have five hours, right, of everything you've done. So I want to thank you for sharing space here, for speaking about all the wonderful things that HBR has done in your career, for opening up and being vulnerable with everything you've done, your mistakes, how you rebound off of that, and for teaching me. You know, we won't talk about the things you taught me. (laughs) That was offline. (laughs) That was a bonus. But for everything from HBR, from my behalf, from the staff, thank you. Thank Thank you. you for pouring into our industry. Thank you for sharing space here today. I'm overwhelmed with gratitude, and thank thank you you for that. I do have one last comment, if you don't mind. I would like to ask the realtors to be more generous with their uh, donations to charities. Uh, I think we can afford to give up a part of our commission to worthy charities. And that's my actual, my mission right now is our company has donated to 50 charities last year. Wow. And about $75,000. And this quarter, we're on a target to do about $100,000 in commissions. My agents have bought into this program and are willing to help donate part of their commissions to different charities. Just to give back. Yeah. And I would really like to ask that us realtors do the more of the same or more of it. Because there's, there's so many charities right now that need the money and they're being cut on their funding. Yeah. And so we make so much money sometimes and some people go, oh, you make so much money and you drive around in a Mercedes or you know, BMW. Well, can we just give back some of it? And that's what I would like to see more realtors do. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you. 